look at it. Do you see it? It's it's the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 112. It's sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the, the Netflix. It's a miracle. You don't see it, do you? Oh, okay. Well, it is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> it's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. Putting up rain dancing songs of joy and peace. So wish I had a river I could skate away on. Okay, I think we got that all sorted out. You guys, we, okay, good. Uh, I Welcome to the iFanboy.com Big Week Podcast, episode 112. Um, and it falls apart on the 112th show, apparently. Well, we, you know how many times we've said it falls apart? It never really has. Well, that they know about. They don't know that I've I've got my lips wrapped around a vodka bottle over here. Oh, it's like, oh no, it's time. I was going to say something else. <laughs> I use a straw. So we're we're are we? Is, is, let me just. Uh, we're going to go to really are we into belting just now. Is that what's happening? I know. We're we just going to do really lame jokes now. Like, you're gay. You're gay. Gay. That's totally what I want to be involved with. Um, so I'm Josh, and I want to be involved with prurient humor. Uh, and I'm here with Ron. I can't stop laughing. He's giggling. And there's Connor. Um, say hi. Yeah, there he Hello. is. Uh, iFanboy.com, we like comics uh, and juvenile humor. Um, but we read comics, uh, especially comics with a lot of juvenile humor. And then every week... We read a whole bunch of them, and then uh, pick the best one. One of us will pick the best one. I don't remember anymore. We need more people to send <laughs> How does this these work? Uh, pick the best one, write a review on it, the website, and then and then we come here and we do a show about that show and the other notable books of the week, among other uh, things that we do. I'm back to doing John Stewart. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Let's come back. Uh, Listen to the first three ago. shows. It's just me acting like John Stewart. I, I can't. I can't first, help. The first three uh, shows. You mean look at the last ten years? Yeah, he stole my whole bit. <laughs> he uh-huh. did. That's that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Connie, you have the pick. Take it. Oh wait, hold on. But hold. Wait. Yeah. If, you read your, if you didn't, if you didn't read your books, you go now because we're gonna mess all your stuff up. Oh, your stuff. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We we got spoilers. Ahoy. So you will read the books and then you will come back and listen because otherwise we can't be held responsible. Connor, go. Uh, you ever have one of those months where you're, you just want some good comics because everything else kind of blows? Yes. In life or comics? Yeah. In Both. life. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> yes, I have, just, Connor. You just want to go to a comic store on Wednesday and pick up a big old stack of comics and take them home and lovingly caress them and read them. Yes. And, well, uh, you certainly got a joy. Big stack. Have a good time. <laughs> uh, not so much this week. This week was. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it was. I it, mean, it, there was a couple of good books. I'll, there was maybe three or four out of the fifteen I bought. The rest were uh, pretty subst- substandard to average. And when you're reading that many substandard to average books through the course of the night, it really uh, knocks the wind out of your sails. But. Checkmate number 21 from Greg Rucka and others who are not as important. Um, <laughs> no, I'm Troutman. Eric Trout, Troutman and uh, Chris Samney on pencils was really, really, really good. It was um, so good, in fact, I thought it was Queen and Country. <laughs> it was all about Mademoiselle Marie and her mission and her history. And Mademoiselle Marie is a, basically a badass super spy female that um, Greg Rucka loves and is also in Queen of Country and 
she kind of looks like Tara Chase, and it was all very, especially the training session where she's jumping around on the beach shooting machine guns and being shot at. It was all very Queen yeah, of Country esque. So month. it was like a world's yeah, colliding yeah. thing for you, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Josh, did you pick? Up, did you did you feel this way at all, or is it just me and my crazy? I didn't at the time, but now that you say it, I can definitely see it. I think. Yeah. In fact, in fact, it's so obvious. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've only read two issues of Queen and Country in the last year. Ooh. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, if you're looking for your fix, if you're a Queen and Country fan and you're not reading Checkmate, then you really should be reading Checkmate because it's basically uh, Queen and Country set in the DC world. This issue, even normally, Checkmate follows the exploits of Checkmate, which is the uh, UN sponsored, uh, well, it's written down here somewhere, the superhero team, espionage group, <laughs> and uh, this is a long, I believe it's a, block of text it's, it's a multinational espionage agency ta- tasked with identifying, isolating, and eliminating metahuman threats on a global and political level. Right. So normally you got people like Mr. Terrific, and you got Fire, and you got Sasha Bordeaux, and, and uh, the dude, uh, August General from China, and people like that, but this this issue... Very, very light on the superheroics. There's um, a brief scene with Sasha Bordeaux as she meets the new um, white queen who took over for Amanda Waller. Although it's pending. Um, she's, in, she's in confirmation hearings, right? Right, right. But yeah. she's, she's, she's the new, ostensibly the new white queen. That threw, that, that threw me off, by the way, on, because on the second page with the 30-person the roll call, it says yeah. white queen pending. And then a couple of pages in, it's, it's referring to this white queen. And then I figured, okay, we're being introduced to the new white queen. But it was just a yeah, that's, I did the same. Yeah. I went yeah. through the same thing. Yeah. So those people are normally populating this book, but this time it's just basically Mademoiselle Marie, who is not really she's not she's not really a superpowered person. She's just a you know badass gun toting super spy. She's she's a French lady Captain America. Basically, sort yes, of. she's um, Captain America, or also uh, who were we talking about before with the mantles that passes down through the ages? Um, Everyone Ford, in but, the DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> Mademoiselle Marie is, is basically a French national hero in, in the Captain America vein. She's been around. Uh, in this book, we, we flash back to the French Revolution, so at least that far back. Um, and um, Mademoiselle Marie passes down the legacy to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. It's up until the present day, the current Mademoiselle Marie is on a mission to rescue a kidnapped little girl in Bialya, uh, which is very much like Iraq um, is and uh, in the real world. And it's really, I mean... It's it's hard to totally describe how much I enjoyed this book. If you don't read Queen and Country, if you're not familiar with that book or the creative team, because this is also the, also another reason why it was similar is Chris Samney on pencils is the guy who drew the last arc in Queen and Country. Well, I, so, I wanted to also like just looking through this now. Samney, um, he's not really a mainstream kind of guy. I don't think you're going to see him on superhero books. But as I'm flipping through this thing, this guy is a kick-ass storyteller. Yep. I mean, like these pages are great, and and you know a lot of it is talking and and you know doing stuff, and there's flashbacks in there. There are a lot of really flashbacks well. in this issue. That was the thing that I was trying to yeah. count them, and I lost count of the flashbacks. Well, but it was to- I was not lost in this. Yeah. I knew exactly. Yeah. What was oh yeah, going no, it was, it was great. Yeah, of, I didn't get confused. There was but... a lot of facial acting yeah. that he was doing. It was just great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I make Let's... a can I make a um a, a suggestion for the iFanboy offices? Yep. Um, okay. When in the one of the flashbacks, when the current Mademoiselle Marie gets uh, introduced to the to taking the mantle, and the old Mademoiselle Marie brings her into this crypt, and there are all these yeah. glass cases with the previous costumes of the Mademoiselle Marie, very similar to the Batcave. I'd like glass cases with like our first microphone, and like things to. Like- <laughs> 
<laughs> like the shirt I wore on the first video show. Exactly. I just want some sort of some sort of you know glass case archival you know things. A broken Lego Tie Fighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like get... the first issue of Kurt Busiek's Aquaman from Maine. Yeah, exactly. Can we can we get that in the office? Is that okay, guys? Can we... Sure. Okay. Awesome. Cool. We'll, we'll, I think we'll about seventy five percent of the floor space can be. Uh, Devoted to that kind my, of tokenism. My question about that is that where do these people get these cases? It's like it's like this Planet Hollywood in their home of like these little kind of display cases. You know they don't sell that at IKEA. Battle. They're in the back. Oh, okay. I didn't go in that room. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> they're near, they're near the giant pennies. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but yeah, no. I thought I. I mean, I. I don't know if this was was pick worthy, but I thought it was. Um, I mean, it, it as not a Queen and Country reader, I didn't get that same vibe. But it, it's the checkmate is it's one of the best books out there, and and the Death Watch is on because nobody's reading it. So it has the stink of death about it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it's it? It's the Abe Vigoda of comics, <laughs> as you aptly put on on your post <laughs> on ifanboy.com. <laughs> I want that to catch on. I want I want Greg Rucka to angrily respond to that somehow. <laughs> like if there was a blog post where Greg Rucka was like just pissed off that I said that, I would totally have succeeded at all of my goals in life <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want that at all <laughs> you don't want to piss him off <laughs> don't piss him off at all but anyway yeah, yeah no, it was, it, this this looks like a, this looks like a really good um arc and and it's cool to see a little more of the espionage kind of aspect the checkmate than a lot of the the political well, the last arc you know. was pretty much almost all po- the most important stuff was all the, the back room po- yep. politics stuff yeah and there's a reason why this book isn't really a big seller is because it's full of back room politics stuff <laughs> amongst 97 people <laughs> Yeah, so... Listen, the uh, last four pages here are action, or the prelude. When I looked and saw that you had had posted it, I don't think it had occurred to me that it was going to be picked, but I was like, you know what, that's good, that makes sense. I I totally, I I was with you, I think, in that, and so... uh, and it was it's deserved. You know, we haven't talked about it in a little while, I think. This is also one of those this is one of the more straightforward issues where it doesn't all fold in on itself where you have to really have been following from the beginning. This one you can jump in and as long as you you like sort of action realistic action and, and espionage and spy stuff, you can really enjoy this issue, not worry about what has come before. Yeah, somebody had asked if this was a good jumping on point, um, and I think that oddly enough, I don't know if there has been one before now, but this seems like a really good jumping on point. Well, yeah, yeah. Try one and it's and what's interesting is because the last issue was the end of a checkmate shattering kind of situation where Waller gets ousted, and so yeah, you're right. It is a good jumping on point because the 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 leadership is being reshuffled and you're being reintroduced to the characters, and plus it's the beginning of a good action packed story arc. So. Um, and listen, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. If you're confused, that's how we all felt for the first two to three issues. Also, try nine. <laughs> I, mean, I know, but like, like we're like, wait, who's that? What are they doing? That's fine. That's normal. Go it would, that. See, the thing is, what gets me is that they all—they're all wearing the same costumes. You know what I mean? Not same costume, but same uniform. I get that it's a uniform, but like when they're—and and it doesn't happen in this book. So you pick up this issue, you don't have to worry about it. But when they're all in checkmate kind of HQ, I have a hard time telling who's who. You know, and like I know they look different. You know, but like it just got very confusing. So I don't know. Yep. But Speaking of more books reminiscent of Queen and Country, uh, The Circle, number two from Image Comics, Brian Reed and Ian um, Hosfeld. Hosfeld. How much Josh better was I... this than the first issue? Oh, it was much better. And the this first was... issue wasn't bad. No, no. This was a big leap forward in quality. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, the story is a sort of paper-pushing uh, MI6 agent he, he, who only really does analysis, watches the news and reads the newspaper to, to pick up on patterns, gets embroiled with this uh, shadowy group called the Circle, uh, who's being hunted by a rogue CIA assassin, and uh, lots of people get shot. 
this was weird. this was a really action oriented espionage uh, book. This one I thought. Uh, you know, I, I still I think Brian Reed is coming into his own. I think that yep. it's very likely that a lot of the good things that you've seen on him do um, with Bendis, uh, I'm sure that a lot of ideas came from him, and he's probably not getting credit for them. Um, right. But some of his work that I'd read so far was I didn't think was great. This is this to me shows that a he's he's getting better. Th- that this ha- you know it wasn't gonna go downhill from a, from a, from a pretty good first issue. And then two, the artist Ian Hosfeld, who I don't I believe if I'm not. Uh, He's not really been a, a – he was a concept artist. He wasn't a comic book artist. Um, and he's shown improvement from the first to the second issue. He was really good in this. I thought that's this was fantastic action art. sequences. He does really great face, facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Hustle is from video games. And um, this this is more of like – I hate to – this is the Queen of Country show just for these two issues because that's what, that's what happens. But um, I'm going to go. You guys call me when you're done. When you're done. Queen okay. of Country is more, is more based realist, realistically. There is action, but it's a lot of it is just – pure spying this is more of an action movie this mm-hmm. is like spies through the filter of lots of guns lots of shooting lots of people get you know whacked this is this is more of the like the action oriented people are all jumping out of planes getting getting beat up you know getting stabbed this is this is fun this is exciting this is the kind of stuff that i want more from from comics this is really good and it's always great to see when you know you have a pretty good first issue and you don't, you can go either way in the second issue and the second issue just takes it and steps it up and it really makes you want to read more and I just yeah I was, so many, I was t- really... so many times you'll, you'll get a new series and the first issue you know you don't know what you're going to get first issue is pretty good uh, second issue is a huge drop off in quality but this was this was actually mm-hmm. really fun so am I missing the boat again should I go back and get these back issues or if, if one, you like one... well I like I like good yeah. stories I mean if you think it's worth reading I'll pick it up I just have you know so did you read yeah, the losers? I mean, it, I did read Losers, and I actually got hooked on the Losers. I love the Losers. Then I think okay, you probably like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> very close to being pick of the week, surprisingly, was Superman Batman number 44. You're still buying this? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I thought you dropped it when I dropped it. I've dropped it a few times. The conceit, <laughs> the conceit of this issue is uh, actually pretty funny. Uh, the beginning is funny, and then it leads to something interesting. The beginning is Batman and Superman are on a rooftop, and they're talking. And uh, <laughs> uh, Batman, Superman says, you've got a secret you've never told anyone. Batman says, you're right, I've never told you why I fight crime. And I thought, that's kind of weird. Um, so he proceeds, <laughs> to, he proceeds to tell Superman that the reason he fights crime, he says, it all started with his mother who, who beat him and his sister with a baseball bat. And that's what? why he's Batman. And um, his, bro- his sister was beaten into a coma. And that, and that, he now he he will never let anyone else get hurt again, and it's because the, his mother used a baseball bat that he's a Batman. Um, then it, then the Batman takes off his mask and he's blonde underneath, and that's when we pull away to see that they're shooting a Batman Superman movie in Gotham, starting the shop. And and the real Superman and Batman are on on another rooftop watching the shooting, and Batman's all pissed off because they've got his story completely wrong. And Superman's like, well, what do you expect? No one knows anything about you. They got to make it all up. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Give in? It's like it's very much like this 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 comic as well as the Four Horsemen book from Giffen. It's really the way I wish they would write Batman and Superman because who's who's writing Superman Batman? This is uh, this is a new a new writer who um, his name last name is Green. Because that's um, that sounds like a very Bendis esque kind of setup. I mean, like when it's Michael Green. Yeah, like when they did when they had the Spider Man movie and Ultimate Spider Man. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that it, it comes off very much like that. That's but it's I really love it funny. With, I love it when Batman and Superman are written with a sense of humor with each other that they, they can joke around and make fun of each other. And I love when Superman's written as any way beyond the star Boy Scout. When he has a sense of humor, when he's making fun of the people he's known for a while. And he acts like a you know, regular person. I love that because it adds so much more dimension to him when he's just standing around always moralizing. Yeah. Um, and then then it, then it expands to uh, uh, Livewire, the awful villain from the cartoon series, attacks the movie set and um, oh. ends up ends up. They were using real kryptonite in the movie to look authentic, and it blows up in Superman's face. And he gets a face full of shrapnel kryptonite, and uh, that leads to him deciding, him and Batman deciding, they're going to rid the world of kryptonite. That's the uh, storyline. Oh, interesting. It's funny because when you said that, I was like, "Why doesn't he just get rid of all the kryptonite?" <laughs> that that would be very convenient for Superman. Well, no, what that's they what said I'm was he could take care there of that. Was, a meteor, a meteor strike uh, during one of the events that brought like a hundred kiloton, kilotons of yeah. kryptonite. To, so there's like kryptonite everywhere. Wait a minute, but how, how? Superman couldn't take care of that. He can't touch well, it. He's gonna, he's gonna get a lead line suit from Bat. It's Batman, but uh, he get somebody to it, help him. Yeah, he's got contacts like nobody. Yeah. And the flashes in this. Hey, I mean, it was, it was a really fun, fun book, well written, and I loved the beginning. The beginning was really funny. I actually laughed out loud when I was holding the book because um, Superman's making fun of Batman the entire time. He's all pissed off, trying to act like he doesn't care, but he really does care that they're getting a story wrong. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's really good. Wow. So, what made you buy? I mean, like that, like that, like. Well, the, 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 I'm thinking about Superman and Batman. Really, this should be like the biggest book. Yeah. One of the biggest books that DC well, puts out. You got well, hey, when, Superman got Batman. It's hard to, to put that pairing wrong, but it's really. Um, usually not very good, and it's also up to issue forty-four, which I found surprising because it's been around forever. When when Loeb um, when Loeb and McGinnis were on it, it was a must-read. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so I dropped it soon after that, and then um, I came back on for Alan Burnett, the uh, animated series writer who wrote a, oh, an arc yeah. that wasn't great, but it was okay. Yeah. Um, and then this, I didn't even know this. This was this new guy was on. I thought it was I thought it was still Burnett when I bought it. Um, oh, interesting. Interesting. But uh, I'm shocked this book's still alive because there's like no buzz about it. It's usually pretty mediocre. Yeah, there's I'm, no reason. There's no real real reason to. You don't need another Superman and Batman book unless it's really good. Well, I mean, the uh, thing is, is that there's all there's all like it's kind of like it's that that team up question where you know they brought back the Brave and the Bold because people liked it when the classic you know DC characters teamed up and Marvel tries Marvel team up. They try to reclaim the magic of the 70s with Marvel team up. But like the idea of Superman Batman paired together is always interesting or should be always right. interesting. You know, so I don't. Well, know. it's a great well, at least the, a great story it's just from just the conflict of the two personalities yeah. intrinsically would but. but it's every month i mean like the thing is you know it's interesting if you if you got it every once in a while you know if it's maybe maybe it shouldn't be a monthly book you well, know no, i mean i think i think you could find good characters i mean like the the marvel team up the the classic spider-man captain britain of all characters run of marvel team up is like one of the best you know kind of team up ones ever you know like when you get when characters have a chemistry you can just tell endless stories if they're out of continuity they don't matter you know like i don't think that i don't think it's the kind of, it's not the kind of thing like with the punisher effect where if you have the punisher so, end the issue every time then it get, it loses its value you know but um but i think i think you could i mean like when Loeb mcginnis were on it for like it was that it was a good it was a good two years wasn't it or um, or was it just a year? It might have been just a year. I think it was just a year. Yeah, because then Michael Turner came on, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. So it's just an odd. It's an odd book. I don't know why it's it's still around. It's weird. <laughs> it probably sells a lot of. It probably sells a lot of copies based on like comic shop walk-ins. Well, yeah. You you look at that. You look at that logo, and you see the Bat logo superimposed on the Superman logo, or Superman logo superimposed on the Batman yeah. logo. You know what that book is. You know, because yeah. it's so iconic. You know, so yeah. Ah. Uh, well, speaking of iconic, there yeah. are Avengers, and they are mighty, and they are six months late. 
And <laughs> this this book, Mighty Avengers number six, is gotta be the bitterest, sweetest, bitter sweetest <laughs> comic I've read in a long, long time. Because yeah. mm-hmm. because and I don't know if you guys are with me or not, but like this might have been my pick if it was my pick this week. Like it, I as the standalone comic, I thorough like I it was a great conclusion. It was action packed. Like love it, and then that last page when Spider Woman shows up with the, with Electra Scroll ruined it. Ruined totally it. ruined, ruined it. Like However, it just reminded me that this book should have came out. What was it? June, May? Yeah. yeah. If it had come out on time, it would have been badass. You would have been like, "Holy shit, that's yeah, awesome!" Exactly. Right, but you can't you can't separate from the context, which is that it's this big cliffhanger, which is ridiculous. It looks ridiculous now yeah. in the in the light of being six months late. So, so to, to to separate it though for a second from the from the the cliffhanger and the the, the lateness. Hey, I loved it when Lando almost made it out of the uh, tunnel. <laughs> that was exciting. Well, speaking of Lando, did you did you did you see three P on the yeah, cover? Yeah. So um, that was funny. If you, but it, even the inside of Ultron looked like the inside of the Death Star. Yeah. If you didn't notice on the cover and the in the on the right side along the edge, just a C three PO mixed in all the Iron Man ar- armors. Um, which is funny, but um, but yeah, but th- yeah, that was that was very Star Warsy, I guess. But but the one thing I want to talk about is like I know there was a lot of criticism, a lot of questioning, the thought, the word balloons and stuff like that. Now with the last issue of this arc, like it's I like it. It's good. It's cause I hate it because it's not. Well, uh, I really liked it. This one, he really, yeah. it worked well. Because what's happening is that oh. is that if you look at the classic use of word, of thought balloons in in you know in the the days of yore in the seventies and eighties, you would get these big kind of you know inner dialogue. You know, like you know Peter Parker thinking, "How am I going to pay the rent?" And Aunt May is coming. You know, like all you know, like all these kind of stuff. But this, it's just those fleeting thoughts that we all have that totally gives the characters more context in the situation that I thought, which we don't see in comics anymore because we just see what they say and what the artist is, has them doing. But like when you like when they're when they're trying when they're doing the plan and and Ares is in there and you see Black Widow you know thinking you know no way this works you know like of course she's thinking you know someone's going to be skeptical of the plan like I just think it adds, nah. adds a layer of detail that is lacking in the medium and I thought now it's six issues in I'm totally loving it it's good so see my take on it is actually sort of the opposite in that. It takes when there's a there's a dialogue going on between people. It tends to for me, it's destroying the rhythm of conversations, which is one of my favorite things about reading Bendis dialogue. And so, like, it's like little diversions over and over that are taking me out of it. And I would think that if you are doing a good enough job writing stuff, um, you either do it through the through the art or through uh, context clues. You can ne- you can tell what they're really meaning as opposed to what they're saying. No, I, I got do I, it without saying it. Directly, I gotta disagree. Like the last scene when 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 they're shutting down and and Hank and and uh, Janet, uh, Pym and the Wasp are talking. That was the best use of that it. was the best use of the entire of it. Like that was the one that nailed it for me because there's no way you can visually get that across, and there's no way you can in the words get that across because you see that these these are these two people who've been been intertwined romantically for thirty years or however many years, and they're at one of the points where they're apart, but you can still tell that they still care about each other, and it's just like. It's summed up that that they're communicating, but they're not communicating on the level of relationship uh, that they I, need to be. I think yeah. you could totally do that without spelling it out literally. No, I don't think you could either. Yeah, I also don't think you could do it, the, the Miss Marvel scene with Tony Stark where you yep. don't really realize the depth of her contempt for him. Yep. And it's great to know that what she says to him is exactly not what she thinks. And that's yep. as, a, as a whole layer of interestingness to, to their relationship. Yeah. That you couldn't I, get I think there's places in it where, it where it works better than places where it doesn't. In the beginning, it was really throwing me off at the very start of the issue. Um, as long as I'm complaining about things, uh, 
I really actually got lost a couple of times, and I think Frank Cho's art is very nice, but there was a few sequences in here where I had to flip back and look back through it to figure out what had happened, and I'm still not entirely clear. Oh, um, that's weird. When, I know. I, I, like it, I, I loved it. It was great. When, no uh, sh- when uh, Ms. Marvel goes to attack the Sentry, there's a splash, uh, but we don't know exactly what went in the water. I assume it was the Sentry, and then you cut – like they cut away completely – like it's just what's what's happened is not very well spelled out. You couldn't look at it and tell oh, no, me what I the sequence the, of events was. Oh, I got that. I mean, because Miss Marvel hits hits the Sentry at the same time. Ares almost puts the thing on the thing. Then the next panel, it's that yellow and blue flash going in the water. Of course, because they're outside, you know. And then you see that that Ares got the thing, and then they see the code launch, and then it's in. Like I, I didn't. Okay, so yeah, then yeah. then she's standing. Then so the next time you see on the outside, she's standing there, and it's getting all melty. Where are they? Where did Wonder Man come from? Uh, yeah. You're a page and a half later now. Where did Wonder Man come from? Where are they standing? Why are they there? Uh, you know, yeah, there's completely no there's no context about where yeah. they are, and then you've got the Wasp coming from out of nowhere. Like that's pages and pages where I don't know where anything is because there's no background, there's no well, anything. Well, yeah, well that could tie that could tie into and then the, then the explosion a couple pages later where the rip that this the the combination of the rip that the Sentry caused in her neck. And what the Ares did in there is causing that light to be expanded. You know what I mean? I could see it. Yeah, I, 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 I could see where you have a problem with it, but I also see how I flew, I flowed with it, no problem. You know, so. I did, and I didn't notice that I was confused. But I read something later when Wonder Man was talking to Carol, and he, she was talking about it. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't know exactly what happened. And I went back through, and I really looked at it, and I was like, it's not that clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could. I, um, I'll give you that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's you not know, as, you've, not as fine as this issue by by any means. This is this is no, as weak you, as this but issue. you see, but the, then the, then the thing is that yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because like my my thought with it is that this is just a cry and shame that this was a failure because I would love to see this on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Like I, no, like, I think this is a, yeah. He can never he can have an off issue though. I think this was an off yeah. issue. Yeah. So I think this is a crying shame because what it's doing is it is uh it's uh, reinforcing the idea that that sort of the Marvel. The, the complainers, I suppose, like that that Marvel doesn't want to get books out on time, and that when they promise you it'll be out on time, it won't. Yeah. And it was it's the same thing. Like, yeah. I, I hate that they're proving these people right. Yeah. I guess you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, in this, it's, get a fill-in artist on this, honestly, because. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean, I, I could understand the not the fill-in artist on Civil War because of what they wanted it to be and everything, but like, you know, this this trade paperback isn't going to be the Watchmen that everybody wants it to be and stuff like that. So, you know, like No, do, well, it's too and, and if closely anything, tied in with everything else. And if anything like I, I like it's I'm fine waiting. Like, well, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Like I get crazy with the late books and I want my monthly issues and all that kind of stuff, but like editorially, I would have cut the last two pages. Like from a from an editorial management standpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's you're, you already know what's happening. There's no yeah. reason to have. Yeah, it, it, that is such that is such salt in the wound that I w- yeah. I would have said cut those last two pages. We know what happened. Address it in another issue. Address it in a flashback in a later issue of Mighty Avengers that Bagley's already drawn. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. do do it somehow else. But those last two pages just kind of stuck the knife in your back and turned it. You know, like it was, now did uh, the uh, did the was the hood thing was that all created to delay for this? No, I don't think so. I think the hood's always been a part of Bendis' plan. I think. I who knows? I I don't know that. I've no. I don't know. Oh. Bendis called the voicemail once. It that just, was it. it was he didn't frustrating. even. Frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating to see that at the end there because just it's a reminder that it should have come out six months ago and yeah. it was just now what happens? You know, yeah. we should have known forward. that when Frank Cho was up there showing up late eating his lunch. 
You're obsessed with the eating the lunch thing on the panel. I think I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one the one thing conversely to the to the complaining the 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 liking and maybe it's a little rip offy or whatever, but I really liked the use of the character logos when they did something, like when they had their their moment in this issue. That's when you saw their name. And like it even went towards like the end when Wasp saved Ares, you saw Wasp, you know. And like I know they're, I know yeah, I like they're, do- I like that too, they're yeah. doing it in JSA, and they're starting to do it in JLA too. Like JLA, J- uh, Justice League of America this week did the did the roll call. Did you catch that? Um, I I just love that. Iron I don't Man's know when he looks for his penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when he gets his credit. Yeah, exactly. Iron Man. <laughs> um, by the way, that that it's funny that you mentioned that because I almost forgot those that page that panels looked really rushed. By the way, too. So, oh, I think well, that, I think, I think no that's part of the rushing. reason why the art's not so good this issue. I think it's because it was rushed to get out. It makes you wonder sure. why on the front credits there's a special thanks to Brandon Peterson, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I guess well, it kind of kind of spells yeah, yeah, it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of being late, we need to get on with business here. Yeah. So, uh, Jim Hanley's universe, you may or may not know, is uh, one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Jim Hanley's universe offers the best selection of comic titles and related merchandise, from mainstream to manga to minis. Jim Hanley's universe has it all. I've said the name a lot of times. When in New York City, come to the place where art and literature meet. Jim Hanley's universe, uh, which is located across the Empire, st- across from the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan, and at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. When you go by the store, I'll uh, mention that maybe you heard about it on iFanboy, and that's why you're there, and because that would that would be good. Um, and then you can visit them on the web at jhuniverse.com or uh, friend them on MySpace, which is myspace.com/slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Uh, that would be where art and literature meet. Yes, yes. So, um, so you guys are loving Iron Man Enter the Mandarin, huh? Well, I am. Josh is. Oh, you are. I thought you were a Connor too, weren't you? No, I remember I never I never bought the first issue. You were oh, I had the first issue for you. Oh, I thought you were still reading. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll give that Why to you. Why would I read if I hadn't read the first issue? I'm sorry. I have that. I'll give it to you. Okay. So, Josh, what do you think? <laughs> I am loving this. Um, this is uh, this is the same reason that I picked uh, Ultimate Iron Man last last week, I guess, was just that um, I'm, I love this early Iron Man where he's got a secret identity and nobody knows. And, and you know, this is just about the establishment of his, his uh, feud with the Mandarin and you know, it's just sort of tech and and actiony, and 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 it's funny. The most dramatic scene in this is a fight um, between like Tony Stark on one computer terminal and one of the Mandarin's techs on another computer terminal trying to take over a satellite. <laughs> and, like it's back and forth, and they're gritting their teeth and sweating. <laughs> it's just like I was like, this is a ridiculous action scene, but I love shit like that because it's you know. And then at the end, he suits up, and you know that you know shit's gonna go down. Uh, it's just a totally fun book. Uh, it's what Iron Man, I wish he still was. I'm in love with the artist, uh, from Eric Kanet, or, I don't know how to say it, uh, Kanate, or, um, Kanate, uh, I don't know, C-A-N-E-T-E, could be all sorts of things. Um, it's just, uh, it's just a good superhero book, and, and I, I haven't heard enough people talking about it, and I think that that's a damn shame. Cool. Okay. I love. I mean, yeah. I, I I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, the art's fantastic. I looked through it at the comic store, and it's you know it's a great looking book. By the by, the next issue, I would like you to be caught up, please. <laughs> okay, Mister Flanagan. <laughs> well, that's you know we've all got we've all got uh, we've all got jobs to do, and Ron's job is to talk about the new X Men. Here's your weekly Messiah Complex update. Um, so, <laughs> um, did, um, Connor, did you like this issue? I mean, are you still good with it, or Boo. you didn't like it? 
I don't know who any of these people are, nor do I uh, care about them. Oh, I had a great time. I thought this was a great issue. Um, um, new X Men. Humberto Ramos is doing the pencils. The who, art was the best thing about art the book. was the best thing about the book. The big reason why I just want to mention on it is the story continues, but we we had deaths finally. I know last time we were talking about tease deaths. Nobody that we thought died in the previous issue died. They're all stable now after Beast working his ass off in the in the in the hospital at the mansion. Yeah. But um, it's shocking. But X twenty three apparently went crazy on Lady Death. I don't know who that is. Deathstrike and killed Lady Deathstrike. And then, um, and really? in sad news, uh, Caliban, Caliban looks like he died. Finally, though, I, for me, Caliban dying Good. was was like enough. Okay, finally. So, isn't that Dark Side's son? What's, no, what, Ka- wait now. No, Caliban was <laughs> Caliban was a Morlock, and back in the in the in the in the Claremont era, he had like he was really he was white skinned and he had really big eyes and he could he's a tracker basically. He could find mutants. And then Apocalypse got his hands on him and made him into like a horseman, and so made him all effed up. And then he's been tinkered with like three times since then, and most recently now he's really like thin and gangly, and like and so basically he jumped in front of a bullet to save uh, to save Warpath or what's his name now, Proudstar, the Indian guy. Is his name? Whatever, Warpath? he's uh, dead. I don't care. Yeah, Thunderbird. I just feel like, <laughs> despite the the deaths, um, yeah. nothing really happened in this book. Well, no, well, yeah, well, I mean, they, they, they I, mean, had, I feel like the stories have been running in place for the last couple. Yeah, of years. it has been. Well, uh, what you had was, uh, I mean, you had you, you basically had Wolverine and the X Force team catch up a cable, but at the same time as Lady Deathstrike in a big fight for the baby. So everybody's fighting for the baby. So nothing's happened there. And then Jamie Madrox and Layla in the future. Um, got same pulled, scene got, from last week. What's, yeah, which is same scene. But what's even funnier is like, wasn't there two Madroxes that went in the future? Well, didn't they go to, I thought they went to different timelines. Yeah, but but I don't know. Why don't we get to watch the other one? What's going on with the other one? Because he's not with Layla Miller. I don't know. So, but yeah. Anyway. I just feel like it, it started off with a really breakneck pace, and it really slowed down. Yeah, it has. It, it has really slowed down. You've been like, all right, yeah. I'm not as excited to read the next chapter as I was the first three weeks. That's um, a little phenomenon I like to call comic book events. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> That's I, could, I, could, I could see the argument that this might be three issues too long of an event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I have I am fully confident that the final couple chapters will be exciting. I just, <laughs> so I just think the middle filler has been the filler it's been filler. Yeah. So whatever, I like it. But um but to I'm give shocked. to show to show I know to show some people behind the scenes of iFanboy when we plan the show, we talk about the books we want to talk about and Josh recommended talking about a moral iron fist number um what number number 11. 11. And I'm going to freely admit that then this is before I saw the list before I read my comics and I rolled uh-huh. my eyes. I'm like, "God, are we going to talk about this again? Okay, you like Brubaker, I get it, you know." And then I read this issue and I was like, "God damn, that was good." So, Dude. so, so I completely you know, uh, uh, and the thing was that I the reason why I kind of rolled my eyes is cuz I thought the last two issues of Iron Fist have kind of wavered a little, similar it, similar yeah. to the Messiah Complex where it's kind of like, you know, they 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 had us all energized for this big tournament and then it's gone off on this tangent that I don't you know that I don't really get or understand or care about. It was the biggest tease Kung Fu tournament. Totally. Uh never mind. We're gonna go over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kinda uh, like that. I guess it was the, not the obvious I just wanted to talk about this because this was awesome. <laughs> and it was more awesome. I never really felt like it got away from from where I, I could see why you would say that. I totally understand that point of view. For me, it was making me happy. I'm this was just for me so much fun, uh, and it's it just been getting better and better. And uh, I just really dug this. And I believe we had all David Aha, a little bit of Kano. No, I we believe. Had Kano, all the flashbacks. Yeah, um, I like the Kano, but uh, no, yeah, totally. It all it all works together. It all works really well. Um, I don't even know if I had anything. I have one negative thing to Go ahead. say. What is it? Just, this is not this this is not issue specific, but book specific. All the dudes with the same mask get kind of confusing. 
And the well, fact that they're all Cobra, too, I just it cracks me up. I mean... No, I mean all the Iron Fist masks. Yeah. They're like three people wearing the same mask, for, and it's just like... They're, they're all... The coloring tends to be very um, subdued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't really tell who's who. And when a guy walks in, it's all dramatic. You have to figure out who, who which, which one of these guys it is. And it's just like, you know... I can see it's that. It's hard writing a book, and they're all wearing the same clothes... Uh, I would think I would be more confused than I am because I know what you're saying, but for the most part, I haven't been confused. Also, anybody who is named the August personage in Jade, that's funny to me. Yes. It's funny every time they say it, and, and he's Cobra Commander, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, no, this I just, was, this I just a really want... good issue. This is one of the oh, better yeah. ones in a while. It's funny because you were saying that you you had read a lot of medium books. I only had like six books, and I really enjoyed my books this week. Yeah, I, I, I read 15. a lot of great, great, great stuff. Uh, it's funny because um, I, I had like 16 and I yeah. and, and I thought I thought it was an average week, but I but I enjoyed the average. Week. One of the worst books of the week, Marvel Holiday Special, Ron. Hey, why you? Whoa, 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 whoa! Back up, back up, back up! <laughs> I think we're talking about uh, talking about Ex Machina first. Steal my thunder. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, I'm all excited to talk about how bad Marvel Holiday Special. No, was. shut up. Con- you did you did up. buy it though, right, Connor? Shut, yeah, I did buy it. Shut up, Ex Machina. Uh. Ex Machina number thirty-three. <laughs> okay, now I really just wanted to bring this up because. This was a weird friggin' issue. Um, did you guys, you guys both read it? Yes, I thought it was very. I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was very odd. So. However, I have decided that because I did not expect a damn thing that happened in it to happen or any of the stuff about it, that I love it. I thought and the it, reason, I, like, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was good too. I don't know if I loved it, but yeah, I, I see that point. So, I, I just think like the idea of having him go in there and. And be like, meet with the Pope, and the Pope has to, and it's and it's not a joke. It's actually real, but the Pope's not a bad guy, or there's nothing to it. Like the Pope actually helps him, and then in the end, it turns out the the villain who's attacking him is Vladimir Putin. Like yeah. it's a real person. I was like, Jesus, this is this is some ballsy shit. And then at the end, uh, I don't want to blow this for anybody because there's people who are reading in trade. But basically, he says something at the end. Uh, where you realize you're seeing how it's going to get ramped up. Because the fact is, him being mayor of New York, it's gone on for 30-plus issues now, and something else has got to happen soon. And this looks like, well, okay, shit, something might happen, and it might be a big deal. And then it becomes a whole other type of book in a good way. Um, I, I really dug this. I can see why some people didn't, but I, I, he's out there, and he's trying things, and you don't expect any of it, I suppose. Brian K. Vaughn watch out for radiation poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with Putin. <laughs> Scary yeah. dude. Exactly. Jeez. So yeah, no, I agree. It was really. It ended. I was kind of iffy about this story arc, but I thought this issue was really, really good. And I thought uh, Tony Har- what Tony Harris has been experimenting with the art throughout the, the this arc was really good. So having um, just read through a lot of Starman, th- yeah. he's gotten. I mean, he the dude's art has really uh, evolved yeah. Yeah. a lot. Cool. Okay, so be quiet. I have to tell you guys, it's the most wonderful time of the year because the Marvel Holiday Special came out. My favorite time of the comic book year. I'm so excited. You're crazy. <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Now, here's the thing you got to understand is that the, um, the, the Marvel Holiday Special is not supposed to be good. It's not. That's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely not supposed wrong. to be. It's not supposed to be. You know, like you know, the fucking next Dark Knight or whatever. All these things that everybody wants. That does, that, that's that's a huge leap to go from from good to Dark Knight. There's a whole <laughs> spectrum of readability in there. <laughs> it's completely wrong that these specials don't have to be good. The DC the DC Halloween special was really good. It had people on it like Paul Dini and John Paul Leone and people who were talented. Was that this, was that this year's DC Holiday special? 
Yeah. The, oh, I missed that. Hol- okay. I, fuck, I missed that then. Okay. I need. Can I borrow your copy? I want to read that. I love the. Ho- well, the thing is, back up, back up, real, real quick, is that I love the holiday books, and I'm mad that I missed the DC one. I, if I remember correctly, the DC one last year was awful. Um, the Halloween special. This is not not the holiday special. No, Halloween. I thought last year's holiday special was really bad too. The one right. remember when it ended with the Didio with that drawing of Didio as Santa. You know, like it was. Uh, anyway, Ugh. yeah, it was bad. But um, <laughs> but so so what you got is what you got is you got a you got a, a big issue with like four with like three stories like one a two page Fred Hembeck which is always good. But um, what I thought was great was the lead story was the Wolverine Spider Man story which was just fun which was just you know kind of lighthearted. It was and, so overwritten. It was it was it was just annoying. Andrew yeah. Farrago and Shane and Garrity, I don't know if they won a contest or something, but yeah. uh, they, they clearly haven't written many contests. <laughs> That's just so rude. <laughs> I don't know how you guys got in here. I don't know if it was bring your daughter to work day or what it was. But it was so overwritten. Every panel had too many words. They, they repeated stuff way too much. Alright, fine. Scrooge, humbug. Let's stop then. I'm, I'm going to com- completely admit to my Marvel zombiedom and I loved it anyway. I could understand where you're coming from from that, but whatever. It's a holiday special. It's just, you know, it's okay. It should at least be, you know, not annoying to read. I like how the holiday special probably got pitched and drawn in, like, May. I doubt it. Like, like they had to get in the in the spirit. And they're like, well, what do we want to do this year? I don't know. It's summer. Whatever. Put a hat on it. Who cares? The art in the middle story was excellent. Yeah, no, the, the I will the, give it that. The yeah, the uh, Stevie Sibolsky uh, loner yeah, story Alina, was really good. Alina Yurisov, that was really good. And the the Shit. random uh, Daily Bugle story, I actually the the one that Mike Carey wrote, I actually really really enjoyed as well. Um, even though it was it was really quick, I thought and rushed, but I liked it because it was kind of like a I missed those kind of like journeys through the Marvel universe kind of thing. Um, mm. So I don't know, but I liked it. it was, I thought that one was really old school. So, um, but yeah, but nonetheless, you're, you're a zombie. I am. A, I am a zombie. I've never said I'm not. So. So, yeah. I don't even understand wanting to buy the holiday special and expecting anything out of it. Because they can be fun stories because they're out of continuity and they're usually, if they're done well, they're heartwarming and they get you in the spirit of the holidays. Yeah, and, yeah. they haven't and, been and for years. Fun. Well, yeah, so I would say well, the, the tough, the tough thing with that is that is that I would say the last one was maybe wasn't there a really, really good one a few years ago? Yeah, it was like oh, you guys really or whatever. liked it like. Years ago, or yeah, it was like oh like three or oh four or something like that. But the thing is, is that that's only that was only three issues ago. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it comes out once a year, so it's hard to judge. You know, it's it's not developing though. Every year <laughs> is a crap. The, you roll the dice. You roll the dice, and but the dice are loaded. <laughs> okay, that's anyway. what gambling's all about. The house has got the odds for them. <laughs> well, whatever. I just have to see it now. I got I, Connor. I want to borrow the DC one. So, uh, good luck. Yeah. I'll give you the keys to my storage unit. <laughs> you already put it in the storage unit. Of course. This year's? When did it come out? He's talking the about Halloween. the Halloween one, not the holiday one. There oh. is no this Halloween, year's DC holiday Halloween, one. October. Oh, I thought there was a holiday one that I missed. Okay, fine. Halloween. Okay, anyway. Move along, move along. Yes. You wouldn't miss anything if you had a holiday queue on Netflix. That was the worst segue of all time. <laughs> I gave you the I gave you the Star Wars quote to go with, but you didn't take it. Did so. you? Yeah, I said move along, Why would move I? along. Well, I didn't even catch that. Oh, wow. That was did. over my head. <laughs> um, you haven't watched forever. That's why. <laughs> I wouldn't. I haven't. Well, I wouldn't have Star Wars on my Netflix queue. I've owned every iteration of it. Anyway. <laughs> Just the, the two don't have anything to do with one another. 
you uh, anyway. So, the, uh, but what I do have are lots of good movies uh, from the Netflix uh, who have over to seventy five thousand titles. So there's always something new for me to find. There's no late fees because I'm a late kind of guy, uh, and there's free shipping both ways because I'm miserly about postage. Uh, fast <laughs> delivery because I got things to do. Plans starting at four ninety nine because I don't have a lot of the uh, cheddar on me, and a free two week trial because I like to try before I buy. So if you haven't signed up for Netflix, uh, if there's four or five of you left in the U.S., uh, you could go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy. Um, it helps support the show. You get a good product. It's all sorts of good stuff. So, uh, I would like, to, I would like to, to request you never use the word cheddar again. Yes, I second that. <laughs> I don't know if I did it correctly. I have to check my Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> all right, so um, on to the emails. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we decided to not do any emails. Yay! <laughs> We're mixing it up. <laughs> we wanted to get a couple more. We got a lot of voicemails this week, so we wanted to uh, get in as many as we could. Um, and so our first email, um, uh, voicemail, sorry, first voicemail uh, disagrees with us. Hey, uh, it's Will or Six Gun from Tennessee. And um, I really got to uh, disagree with you guys on your Sinestro Core analysis. Um, I don't know how y'all can say that the Green Lantern Corps lost that war. Sinestro wanted them to get lethal force so the universe would fear them. But uh, like John Stewart was saying at the end, they know how to use the lethal force. They're going to be like police officers. Police officers can use lethal force, and unless you've done something wrong, you have no reason to fear a police officer. And also, like the argument that they lost the war because the blackest night is coming, well, if you're going to use that argument, then... You can't say that the Allies won World War One because all it did was make, you know, make way for World War Two. So I mean, I guess this is just me being like a anal retentive, like history buff, saying, "Oh no, you know, that's not how things went down." But I mean, I really hate to say this, but I really have to disagree with you guys. So I'd really like for y'all to just sort of go into a little bit more of why y'all think they lost. And um, anyway, so yeah, thanks, and I hope you guys have a good week. Adios. You know, a lot of times we sit around talking about early 20th century uh, warfare and its consequences. Um, and this doesn't get onto the show a lot. Um, and how, and how, also how it relates to DC Universe uh, substructure. But what I think what I'm saying here is that um, there's short-term victories and long-term victories. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you, know, it, you know, like the thing is, there's several ways that you can look at it. You, uh, maybe you're, you've grown up to trust the cops. There's there's certainly no shortage of people who feel the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was gonna say, like you said, you know, you you see a cop and you've got no, if you've done nothing wrong, you have no reason to fear them. I live a very straight and narrow life. I see a police officer, I go the other direction. I don't know why. I'm afraid of people with guns. You know, like I'm not comfortable when a cop comes onto the subway or you know whatever. That's one of my hangups. I've done nothing wrong, but for me, the fact that they can wield that that deadly force, I'm 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 afraid of that. So, um, and you're not even I like black. To uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm white. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. I can't believe that, that Connor was the one who said that. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's sort of like it depends on who you are. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that you could say that the Green Lantern people won in the short term, but also if they had won one, then the story's over. Yeah. And I don't Also, you know. Sinestro wouldn't be happy. The thing is, look, if you got a group of. Uh, basically, an army with the ultimate power in the universe in the Green Lantern what ring, and now it is now it can kill. Yep. Um, 
you think that's not that's not disconcerting for people? Who, wa- like who, who watches the Watchmen? Yeah, it's you've not also like got where you can you can stop a gun. You can have a you can you know, you know someone with a gun can be stopped. Yeah. Someone with a Green Lantern ring that can now kill you can't be stopped. And now you've got yeah, an army they, of you know, them. Yeah. The and the universe is full of you know countless uh, creatures and, and cultures and different you know and, and any one of those can like you could you could you could write a story for example where any one of those who has a different kind of culture can everyone can take it a completely different way that they have the power to do that before. Yep. Whereas before they didn't have the power to do it, so they, at least people knew that they were safe from that. And the Green Lantern ring is always described as the most powerful weapon in the universe in DC, I believe. And the only limitation yep. it has is the willpower and previously the cap on it. Yep. And so, you know, I think that Sinestro had one goal and he accomplished that goal. Yeah, and and the thing is that is that I wouldn't I mean like in the context of history, World War One was a victory, but it was a short sighted victory because it led to World War Two. You know, like, and this this is a this could be seen as like I interpreted the Sinestro War as a victory, but then Josh and Connor point out that it was a short term victory, but in the long term, it looks like it's pretty more dire. So, um, yeah. Anyway, you know what the thing is, we'll see. The story is not only halfway done, so you know what happens from there. When Jeff Johns leaves the book, the next writer ignores the whole story and doesn't even bring up the Blackest Night in two (laughs) thousand nine. We won't even be talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Our next our next voicemail is in the holiday spirit. Hey, hi, fanboy. This is Cameron from San Diego. Just got done uh, watching your gift episode, and I got to say, I'm so happy that you gave me uh, uh, more suggestions because ever since November, I've been shopping nothing but comics for my friends. That's what they're getting in their stocking stuffers. And one of my friends, uh, for instance, really wanted to get into Green Lantern. So for his birthday, I got him Green Lantern Rebirth, and for Christmas, I'm going to get him Volume 1. Get him on that train, and then another friend of mine who's a little younger still wants to, you know, get into comics. I'm getting him Jeff Smith's uh, Shazam and the Monster Society of, Society of Evil. It's just gorgeous art. I own all the prestige format editions, but uh, yeah, those are a couple other suggestions I have for like uh, other people. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, have a happy holidays and uh, keep listening. Bye. Now that's what I like to hear. Given comics, whether people want them or not, that's awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you take it. You're gonna like it. But no, I don't, no, no, but, but I mean, I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys did, but I bought. A, I bought a lot of comics for folks in my family and stuff like that. You know, like I got my brother-in-law the Heroes hardcover, and I actually got finally got my sister a copy of Pedro and Me. So you know, I, I did not because I, I know better. <laughs> Connor, though you have bought you you've you've had your family into Why the Last Man. Yeah, you've gotten them. Persepolis came from from your people. Yep. Yeah. I believe in our, you know, like because books get introduced to our circle by various different ways. Yeah. Um, I basically have already bought everybody in my family all the comics I could think of, and we did a show about it. Those are all the ones I've already bought people. Cool. Um, you should buy them. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> they won't, they won't I was going to buy them JSA. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is cool. this? <laughs> so, um, speaking of reading books in trade, uh, here's the next voicemail. Hey guys, this is uh, Eddie from Silicon California. Um, I was just, uh, I have a question slash comment for you. Okay, okay so like um, uh, in the previous podcast, I've heard about how you guys do the trade waiting thing on certain books like uh, The Walking Dead and Invincible and other books like that. Uh, but there are a lot of us that, um, you know, they don't, we don't wait uh, for trades. Or we we just like to hear what you guys think about those books, or just some sort of discussion, and about these books. So I was just wondering if you guys could maybe like hold 
like a, a an annual thing where you guys maybe discuss what's happened in the past two months with uh, the Walking Dead or Invincible and and uh, maybe hold that in the video podcast if you guys had if you ran out of ideas. So anyway, that's it. Um, keep up the good work. Thanks. Eddie, you are not wrong. Um, this is actually something that's come up a few times, and it's you know it's it's kind of a weird position because we you know we are readers just like everybody else, but you know we have an audience and they have needs. But uh, <laughs> you know we we've talked about this and we're working on some sort of things. I know that um, when Y is over, um, we'll we'll definitely be addressing that. Um, we've been talking about how to get because we all read Walking Dead on a different different schedule but we've never gotten to really talk about it on the show i gotta tell um, you as the guy reading hardcovers it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i was i i did pick up i did go against my don't buy yourself or any, oh no actually no my girlfriend got me um the hardcover volume three uh this week when on wednesday when the books came out so that's yay what issue does that go up to i don't know because i haven't opened it yet 12 <laughs> <laughs> There's four issues for hardcover. <laughs> that is a ripoff. It's like ten bucks an issue. Yeah. No, but but as Josh said, this is something that we've been talking about. We got a couple of things lined up for next year, and I think you'll hear us. We're we're definitely going to try to address the the books that we ha- don't talk about that much in trade, kind of like how we did with Scott Pilgrim a couple of weeks ago. So, um, Eddie, you you read our mind. So yeah, we're definitely going to be working on that for years. Awesome. So um, our last voicemail is a uh, is a plea to the rest of you listeners. Hi guys, this is Tad Stones out uh, here in near Hollywood. Anyway, I just want to thank you guys for the great shows you do, and uh, hope you all have great holidays. But really, I'm not calling to talk to you. I'm talking to you, I fanboy listener. You're not alone. There are thousands of you. But only about 40 of you check into the forums on ifanboy.com. And of those, there's only like a half dozen that speak up every day. And man, am I getting tired of them mouthing off. Kidding, guys. Nothing but love. Please, for Christmas, check into ifanboy.com. Ron, Josh, and Connor post little essays every week, different from the shows. And you can go ahead and comment on what they think. Or go ahead and hit the link to the forum and uh, post your own subject matter. But just give it as a present to the iFanboys for Christmas. Do it for the children. Well, we all all can't get what we want, can we, Tad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tad is correct. There's lots of activity going on besides the show. If you listen to the show and don't hit up the websites, it's probably uh, something you should remedy in the new year. Uh, iFanboy.com, we've got lots of um, stuff that the three of us write throughout the week and our thoughts on books and Issues and Ron put a fork into Wildstorm this week and and uh, fun stuff there. The forums are always a uh, rambunctious place, shall yeah. we say? <laughs> Especially lately. Um, but there's lots of there's lots of community going on. Lots of fun people. Lots of smart people. It's probably the best comic book community I've ever seen on the internet. And I'm, just, I'm not just saying that because it's ours. Um, so come along. And in 2008, you should see lots of new features and lots of new things that we're excited about. So it's a good time to be heading up the website. Yeah, and that's really the thing is that, like, I was talking about it in my store this week, and we're saying how, you know, a lot of people don't have the benefit of a good store to go talk comics with all these kind of people or, or like, or friends that read comics. And honestly, ifanboy.com, 
you know, you, you're, everybody's there your friend, is your friend, and you can talk about whatever you want. So um, we are I fanboy, and we approve this message. Yes, and thank you, Ted, thank you, <laughs> we, Tad, because I don't think we could. We didn't pay it, Tad. Yeah, we, we didn't write that. <laughs> I don't, you know. And we couldn't have put it. unsolicited. Ourselves. We couldn't have done it better ourselves, actually. So, um, all right, cool. So if you um, have any questions or you want to send in any other pleas to the I fanboy community, you can call us at one eight 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 fanboys. That's three two six two six nine seven. Um, all right, so you've heard us the past couple of weeks talk about our survey at ifanboy.com forward slash survey. This is your last week to take it. Um, we, a lot of people have responded. Everybody who's left their email is in, in the running for the awesome prize pack that may or may not include a USB dongle. But um, <laughs> uh, again, I make a plea to our female listeners. We know you're out there. Just give us five minutes. Fill out the survey. ifanboy.com forward slash survey. Thank you very much. Last week. And for those of you who want to pretend to be a woman, don't. It's it's not cool. Um, <laughs> anyways, at the the live holiday show at Hanley's is coming up uh, December twenty eighth, eight p.m. That's a Friday. Comic books are also coming out on Friday, so um, that'll be a fun one. And you can then expect <laughs> a late pick of the week. You can it's gonna it's gonna pop up late. Either that or very early on Friday, one or the other. Um, but it will be chock full of typos, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but no, yeah. come out, come out, uh, December 28th, Jim Hanley's Universe, 8 p.m. We're doing a live show and then going out to Stout afterwards. These details on the website. We had a ton of fun last time. We want to do it again, please. So go, go, yeah, go to ifanboy.com. It's right at the top in red, and maybe we'll be writing the pick of the week at Hanley's. <laughs> It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. (laughs) Stupid diamond. Um, uh, Last week, Ron had the pleasure of interviewing two uh, creators, uh, Ed Burns, the filmmaker, and Jimmy Palmiotti, the writer. They did a book called Doc Walloper for Virgin Comics, and we did a special edition podcast about it. You can uh, check it out on the feed. It's behind last week's show, or you can go directly download it from our website at fanboy.com, but it's really interesting. And if you like um, old... Uh, gangster stories, that's probably a book for you and you want to check that interview out. Also, um, ifanboy.com slash store, Christmas might be this week, or is it? uh, Is it going to get delayed like the Avengers? It might. It's coming out in June. Uh, Christmas is this week, so if you want to get your after Christmas shopping done, you can definitely go to ifanboy.com slash store, check out what we got there, or um, use the Amazon link to, you know, how you after, the, after Christmas you go and you buy all the stuff you didn't get for yourself. Um, I do that every year on the 26th. So. Do it through there. Yeah. That's a fun place. To do. <laughs> uh, Tad already told you all about ifanboy.com, so I don't need to do that, but uh, there's going to be, there's, we promise we're going to keep putting more stuff up regularly, so come there. Yeah. And um, also, if you go to ifanboy.com, you can find out about the um, about the ifanboy video show, um, which is also distributed at, by Revision Three at revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, yesterday, uh, the the episode that came out was about music and comics. It was a lot of fun to do. And next week, we're going to be talking about a hotly debated topic of continuity. So you might want to check that out. So go to ifanboy.com. Dun, 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 dun. On, go to ifanboy.com on Saturdays, like around one o'clock Eastern time, and or revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, t-shirts, ifanboy.com has them, uh, at jinx.com slash ifanboy. We actually had someone, Ron, are you excited, excitedly, that it was a winner for your contest? I am very excited. You have no idea. It completely made my, um, my week. Uh, we've been, Ron's been asking for people to take their holiday photos in front of the tree with the family wearing the ifanboy shirt, and Mike Graham from Canada sent his in, and it was fantastic. He he nailed it. He got a picture with his parents, the tree, the dog, it was wonderful. It was awesome. He's gonna have it, Ron's gonna actually have it on his Christmas card next year. Yeah, Who's so, this guy? So I'm actually in the process of putting together another awesome prize pack for Mike and he's going to get that mailed to him directly. So see, when we put out the challenges, if you do it, you get rewarded. So 
Yep, so jigs.com uh, slash iFanboy to get an iFanboy shirt. Uh, I got the intern on the back. You can be part of the intern nation. And if you do take a picture of yourself wearing it, send it to jinx.com. Get some free stickers. Send it to us, too. And uh, if we think it's cool, we will say something about it. Uh, and when we say send it to us, you could do that at contact at iFanboy, which is our email, which is, which is I'm sure, auto-filling on most of your uh, emails by now. Or you can leave that voicemail, which you should have on your number one memory setting. Uh, 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. And um, you can find us online at MySpace, Comicspace, Verb, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so just look for us there because um, we're awesome. Yep. If you like the show, you can write a review on iTunes or even better than that, you can tell your friends about the show. Tell your comic book people. Um, tell the dude on the street who talks to you who you don't know. He's <laughs> creepy, but he might like the show. <laughs> Listen, you're going to be spending money buying gift for some nephew you don't really like or know. But here we are in your house every week, and you're thinking, uh, I don't really need to send a donation. Well, you don't need to send a donation, but if you really felt like it, you could at ifanboy.com slash donations, and you can help keep this train a-running. Send us some cheddar. <laughs> oh, God, you no, did it again. We said not to. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, so it's a good week. Um, we just want to wish everybody out there in the iFanboy world a happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, ha- Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, whatever Hanukkah's you celebrate. three weeks over, dude. I post-belated Hanukkah. Um, early this year. Whatever you, whatever you celebrate, uh, we wish you the best, and we thank you for being the loyal iFanboy faithful. Um, so thank you very much for that. I hope Santa gives you everything you want or whoever your holiday spirit that you look to for presents. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to be diplomatic with the holiday thing, and I always fail miserably. The holiday spirit I look to is called Visa. (laughs) All right, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I need Mo Cheddar. Oh, again, (laughs) three times. That's right. You're getting punched. When I get there, when I get back to New York, you're getting a... a Where are you now? I'm I'm in Ohio. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I, I actually I actually got on a Greyhound bus in Topeka, Kansas, and I said, "Fuck this ride." Oh, cheater! I know. So. Uh, but I'm gonna run. I'm gonna, the- I'm getting off the bus in Youngstown, Ohio, and I'm gonna start running again after Youngstown. So I stayed in Youngstown, Ohio. We had a lovely meal at the Bob Evans there. Yeah, no, I I, I I've been to Youngstown. Your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What the...